Hey folks, I'm Pastor Eric Tritton from Gloria Day Lutheran Church in Hudson, Ohio, and this is a weekly word. And I'm glad you're with me today because we're talking about things you didn't learn in Sunday school about John. And uh, like Mary, we should probably be clear which John that we are speaking of. And in this case, we're talking about John the Apostle. Uh, he was one of the 12 disciples. He was a fisherman. And uh, he worked with his brother, James, who was also a disciple, and his father, Zebedee. Um, he was apparently a bit of a hothead with his brother. Jesus gave him the, uh, the nickname, him and James, the nickname Boanerges, uh, which means sons of thunder. Um, at one point, they asked Jesus if uh, he would like for them to call down fire from heaven to consume some people that hadn't welcomed Jesus as they felt uh, they probably ought to have. Um, and Jesus rebuked them and said uh, that that's not what he was about. Um, John is unique in that he is the only one of the disciples who actually followed all the way to the cross. Um, he's the only one who was there through the trials beforehand. Um, in fact, uh, uh, it seems that his family was probably uh, a well-situated family. Um, he was able to get into the high priest's home and was able to be present with the Sanhedrin. Um, and uh, it's because he was known there. Um, so there, there's some kind of connections that are going on there. Um, John is the one that records for us from the foot of the cross that, that blood and water came out of Jesus' side. Um, important images for us and important things that prove that Jesus was actually dead. Um, he's one of the two disciples that went out to the tomb early on Easter morning and, and saw it empty. Um, he seems to have believed, but it's a little bit unclear what exactly he believed uh, about Jesus' resurrection at that point. Uh, John's important for us because he wrote a gospel. He wrote three letters, otherwise known as epistles. Um, and, uh, and he's the one who recorded the book of Revelation for us. And notice I, I didn't say that he wrote Revelation uh, and notice also that that's a singular. It's not revelations. It's a revelation. And basically, uh, John, late in life, had been exiled to an island called Patmos. And Jesus told him, write these things down. And he saw them and he recorded what he saw. He seems to have written later than the other disciples did and the other gospels were written um, he, uh, he has a, a sense of being uh, an elder in the church as he writes his letters. And um, there's, there's a weight to the way that he writes. And it just makes sense that he would write later um, with a vision like Revelation. You, you would have to have uh, the strength of a, a solid career behind you and a, a strong reputation to present that particular apocalyptic book to the church. Now, there are some things that we know about John from history and from tradition. He is, uh, we think, the youngest of the disciples. Um, this connects back to Jesus' trial. Um, he was allowed in and he didn't have any repercussions. 
sometimes people think that that means that he was young and not necessarily accountable to the law and that this would be a good learning experience for him to not be caught up with rabble like Jesus. Um, we also think that he was young based on his nickname, uh, the one that Jesus loved. Uh, we already know that he was a, a bit of a, of a hothead, and uh, uh, the thought is that he's called the disciple Jesus loved because Jesus was constantly having to say, come over here, and uh, um, put his arm around him and say, this is the direction that, that we're going, and he got a lot of attention. That's, you know, that's all theory. Um, he is the only one of the disciples to die a, a natural death. All of the others were, were martyred for the sake of the gospel. Um, they were martyred for proclaiming that Jesus was crucified and risen. And, and that's really important to know that all of those disciples, you know, they never turned back from the message that Jesus, you know, we knew that he was crucified, but he actually rose from the dead. And they had opportunities to turn away from it but they never did. And they consistently proclaimed, even in the face of death, that Jesus rose from the dead and they were witnesses of that event. And John, John gets to be the witness that lives the longest to linger here, um, almost like a, a last witness. Um, if we understand the timing rightly, John lived while all of the books of the New Testament were written. He had the opportunity to speak out against anything that was wrong uh, within those texts. Um, it doesn't mean that he didn't suffer during his lifetime. Uh, we're told that at one point he was poisoned. Uh, at another point, he was exiled. Um, but uh, it seems that the Lord kept him around as like a living touchstone back to Jesus, uh, a last voice to go back to Christ in order to say, yes, these are the things that Jesus actually taught us. One of the really major focuses of John in his writing is the issue of love. And when we talk about love as modern Americans, um, a lot of times, you know, we think about romance. Um, it might be better to translate this word as charity. Um, it's this agape love, this, this love that desires God's best for other people. He's the one who records Jesus' words in John 13, verse 34, where he says, A new command I give you, love one another. Um, Jesus loved in a way that met people where they were and called them to repentance. This is another thing I think that our culture gets mixed up on. Um, we think that if we disagree with somebody or tell somebody that what they're doing is sin, that that's not love. Uh, quite to the contrary. Um, Jesus calls people to repentance so that they may live in his forgiveness and be transformed by the gospel. Uh, if we deny that certain behaviors are sin because we quote-unquote love people, we're actually condemning them, and that is not love. Um, we confuse love with acceptance. Uh, in 1 John, one of John's letters, uh, chapter 3, verses 4 through 6, he writes this, Everyone who commits sin practices lawlessness, and sin is lawlessness. You know that he was revealed so that he might take away sins. 
we know that Jesus came to take sin away and that there's no sin in him. Everyone who remains in Jesus does not remain in sin. Everyone who sins has not seen him or known him. It's not talking about the, the regular everyday sins. It's the, the, the refusing to, to repent, to refusing to acknowledge that sin is sin. Uh, so love and truth are very much connected in, in John's writing. Uh, in 1 John chapter 1, he, he writes this, What was from the beginning? What we have heard, what we have seen with our eyes, what we have observed and touched with our hands concerning the word of life, that life was revealed. And we have seen it and we testify and declare to you the eternal life that was with the Father and was revealed to us. What we have seen and heard, we also declare to you, so that you may also have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. Notice, I mean, he is very much saying that the things that he is talking about, the things that he's writing about, are true. And love and truth, they, they go together. They belong together. Because love is the essence of, of who God is. First um, John chapter four verse eight simply states God is love, and then in First John chapter four um, nine through eleven it says God's love was revealed among us in this way: God sent His one and only Son into the world that we might live through Him. Love consists in this: not that we have loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, if God loved us in this way, we also must love one another. So the cross is, is the event that reveals God's love to us, and it becomes the center of how we love one another. You know, that in the love and the forgiveness that Jesus has won for us, that we would call one another to repentance, that we would live in forgiveness together, that we would strive and struggle against sin, because of the way that Jesus has loved us so deeply and profoundly that he would lay down his life for us. In fact, that is kind of the actual mark of love. You know, in 1 John chapter 3, uh, we're encouraged to, to say that uh, we're not going to love one another with just words and speech, but we're going to love one another in action and in truth. And it's John who records for us Jesus' words. Greater love has no one than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. And so there's this sacrificial aspect to love that is essential in our dealing with one another as brothers and sisters in Christ, but also in how we engage the world and how we want to bring God's love to our neighbor. Uh, that it's not simply a matter of saying the right things. Uh, our lives matter in this as well. That we live in this forgiveness and we hold firmly to Christ's love and his sacrifice for us. And then that leads us into love for our neighbor and sacrifice for one another, uh, especially in the church, but also out into our communities so that they may know the love of Jesus. Um, and it's not, it's not simply that we want to do good to our neighbor, you know, that, that, that's a good thing, and, and we do that out of love. But that love always, always comes back to the cross. And so as we love our neighbors, one of the things that we always want to come to is this good news message 
of the reconciliation that we have with God, the forgiveness of sins that comes to us through Jesus' sacrifice. Um, it's okay to love people just for, for this life and to help them momentarily, um, but we ultimately want all people to know the truth that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. And so and as we live in love, um, we want to live in that reconciliation to be saved from sin, to live in the mercy and the forgiveness of God. John gives us some great stuff. And uh, uh, if you haven't read his gospel in a while, I encourage you to do it. If you haven't read his epistles, dig them out. If you're up for it, pull out the revelation. I think it's a little bit strange. You might, you might think about uh, how you understand those things. But on the whole, just remember, the whole way through, the gospel of John, the epistles of John, even the revelation of John are ultimately about God's love for his people revealed to us in Jesus. Hey, I hope this was helpful for you. Uh, God's blessings to you. If this was, please like it, share it. And uh, I hope you'll be back again next week. Mm -hmm.